United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hey, what's up? Hey, what is up? Um, hey, actually, I don't know what's up. Let me think about what's up. Hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I would actually like to apologize specifically to these two flavors of LaCroix. Okay? Let me hold them up for you. I'm not a LaCroix fan. Here's the thing. Let me tell you. Let me convert you. Welcome to my gospel. I have been an avid, staunch hater of LaCroix. I've made tweets about it, probably even Facebook posts, because I've hated it for that long. I'm like LaCroix, more like LaSucks Cox. But, but I'm a bubbly girl. I, but, I'm like, ooh, you know, well, they, they squeeze the essence of the, whatever. These two flavors, this is Key Lime, this is LaCroix Key Lime, not lime, Key Lime, and this is Pomplamoose? It's grapefruit. Um, these are the best flavors ever. You do have to keep them chilled, which obviously I think Chelsea are out. If this is Shark Tank, you're out because you like to drink things at room temperature because you have a brain disorder. But um, to everyone else, these are the two best flavors. And this is coming from, uh, you know, I was borderline about to start like a LaCroix hate page. And then these yeah. two came around. They came around because Bubbly was sold out and I had limited options. I, I do have I do have strong opinions about LaCroix. Um, what I want to preface this with is, um, I do have very significant mental problems and wait, what's your name though? I'm Chelsea and I have mental problems and I have a lot of opinions about LaCroix. There have been days, Mm -hmm. days where my Fitbit logs about 20 steps, which is impressive. That means I got up to pee but only when absolutely necessary and went back to bed. Like I have logged like a 30 fucking hour nap. I have problems with my brain and the medication that I take to manage those doesn't even nick it. Not even a nip in the fucking bud. If I had to bottle that kind of depression and then put a condom around it, it would (laughs) taste like LaCroix. (laughs) <laughs> that was beautiful. I'm Thank not even you. mad. You know, I would agree with you, and I will still agree for all the other probably 200 flavors, but these two, these no. two I'll go to war uh-uh. for. You just you know. yelled at me in between recording the Patreon episode to now. I didn't with yell. so much, you were yelling about <laughs> at me. <laughs> with so much yeah. conviction i have that which i should have i do have the same convictions but i don't feel the need to yell in the way that i feel the need that i have to sit up fucking straight to talk about how much i hate Lacroix. when we were doing the patreon episode i was back my feet were up i was comfortable i was spitting truths and harsh realities mm-hmm. i have to sit up and fucking plant my feet like you know when you hear some bullshit you should like, just do on. that anyway because you gotta, I gotta get into my back. bullshit stance <laughs> I'm in my bullshit stance and I'm leaning in to where you can only see part of my face on our Zoom call. LaCroix is bad and you I'm should gonna, feel bad I'm for sne- liking I'm it. I'm going to sneak this on you and you're going to be like, well, it's, I'm going to put it in a bubbly can no. if you're going to be gooped no. and I'm going to be like, aha. I don't drink bubbly either. I think that that entire tier of drinks is beneath me. 
Oh, shut the fuck up, Miss Mio. Miss fucking Mio. You know you what? You drink tap water with fucking Mio. You're trash. Why am I you know asking your fucking opinions, It tastes like a girl. berry medley. It tastes... It tastes, <laughs> and that's all that I fucking need. To I say. cannot Argument believe that. Fucking over. I cannot believe I was. You were attempting to chew me out when you drink fucking Utah yeah. County flavor. Tap water. It's flavor, oh Noel, God. and it has flavor that it says with its fucking chest. It isn't a dream that I had one year, and then I fucking woke up and I was like, I don't remember what that dream is. I wonder what that would taste like. No, <laughs> this is a waking fucking reality that I'm drinking right here. You're drinking something that somebody had nostalgia about one day in an alternative universe <laughs> and they decided they wanted to fucking taste that mediocrity and the reason pay why for it you with do calories. around your fucking kitchen counter is because you're drinking that lead-filled <laughs> Utah County <laughs> water and putting your fucking diabetes juice right in it. No, it I, doesn't have sugar you, in it. It's sugar-free. But what's probably causing the lapse is probably like all the fluoride in our water. I will give you that one. You turn that that shit on, it's coming out brown. You put your Mio in there just to make it a little nicer shade. It's like drinking hose water, man. It gives you character. Yeah, by character you mean like... I'm still having these really weird pains in my side, but... um, the you microwave know, turns on thing, yeah. and you have small seizures, if that's yeah, what the type yeah. of character we're talking about, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like the molecules that I'm looking at right now, they aren't vibrating well with your energy. Uh, <laughs> oh, but this, is not, this isn't even relevant to what we're talking about today. Speaking of energy, um, let's talk about the UK. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about the UK. Um, so to say that the United Kingdom had a lot going on in the early 1940s, would be an understatement. Oh, you don't say! It's a little bit. And so from 1939 to 1945, World War II gripped the entire balance of the planet in its hands, ultimately causing 3%, or 70 to 85 million people, of the world's population to perish. You have to say it that way. This is just like when talking about COVID numbers. When you say the percentages, people are like, you have to be like, 70 to 85. I even was like 3%. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. Um, But British soldiers specifically accounted for 384,000 deaths in combat. But British civilians added another 70,000 people to the death toll. So from September 1940 until May 1941... Nazi Germany bombed England so excessively in a campaign known as the Birmingham Blitz that 40,000 civilian deaths occurred in the seven-month period alone. You know, I know that we're here to talk about the UK, Great Britain, whatever you want to call it, um, but I feel like I just want to say here, just as a reminder, I know that everyone agrees. Nazi Germany was such a bunch of fucking cunts, man. Weren't yeah. they just the worst? I mean, we all know, you know, they killed all the Jews and that was fucking horrible. And basically everyone, basically everyone who was fucking Aryan. But and but now we're like, mm, Germany's OK. They're like figuring it out. They're like progressive and whatever. But I haven't forgotten. I, I think about it constantly. This is my 9-11, I would say. I would say this is the world. This 9/11. is your 9-11 in addition to actual 9-11. <laughs> no, how we have 9-11, like World War II was the world's 9-11. Like yeah, World no, War I, right. okay, you died of gangrene and then we didn't know what surgery was. So you just lopped off an arm. Well, like this shit. 
you know what? Fuck the Nazis. And that might sound silly to say, but they're coming back pretty hard. Yeah, they they are coming say, back pretty good. You guys suck. Um, and uh, white people suck as well. And um, what was it? Like, mitochondrial Eve is a black woman. And Nupita, the actress Nupita, um, like she is young. I don't, I don't want to pronounce her last name wrong, but she is genetically related to mitochondrial Eve. So if we're to talk about where humanity was first created and started, it's her. So to the Nazis, I would like to say you're weak and wrong. And you yeah, suck. life, life bloomed from Africa. That's just fact. Well, they don't like to believe that Chelsea. Yeah, you no, know, it's not in the Bible. White people. <laughs> Good um, as it as they shouldn't be, loser. <laughs> <laughs> we're all fucking nerds. The only anyway. reason you're white is because you adapted in cold regions where most of your skin had to be covered, so your pale skin evolved so that you could attract more or absorb more of the sun's rays through less surface area of skin. And you want to know That's why. why they were like, they were probably rejected from the communities because they're like, you're they're, fucking losers, and they had to go live on like the South Pole and be pasty. Yeah, they, they picked the areas furthest away from the equator. That's all it is. <sighs> so anyway. You, the color of your skin and your ancestor's skin depends on where they lived in relation to the equator. Anyway, uh, just outside the radius of the Birmingham Blitz is a town called Stourbridge. And if I had to describe this town, I would pull the market scene directly from Beauty and the Beast, where Belle sings about this provincial life. But like... The shutters are open and birds are flying mm-hmm. and like it's just like a f- fucking cute town. It's that like cottage town. Yeah. Like it's that brick base and the second floor is that like white building with the yeah. wood oh, uh, little cute. like arounds. Yeah, it's it's that. Yeah. And I wanted to see if there was like anything modern to note about it. So the lady who makes all of the Queen's really fun hats is from there. Fuck the Queen. And but her hats. But I don't like her hats fun either. Hats. The British have some fun hats. Um, and if we want to go back, back, one of the Jack the Ripper suspects named William Henry Burry was from there as well. Mm, R.I.P. Real one. Yeah. Uh, he was hanged for murdering his wife. So we got okay. His well, maybe he's not. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the town of Sp- uh, Stourbridge during the height of World War II um, is where we're going to be focusing on today. So, during the spring of 1943, four boys named Robert Hall, Thomas Willits, Bob Farmer, sounds like a big name, and Fred Payne were technically trespassing into an area called Hagley Woods, and they were hunting for rabbits and looking for some game. I will say, those all sound like fake names, but they also sound very British. Bob Farmer? Yeah. That sounds like the name that you make up when the cops are asking you what your name is and you're just looking around like, uh, uh, Bob. And then you look at the field and you're like, Far- farmer. And they're like, mm-hmm, this checks out. They're like, I, that's my father's name. Beautiful. And my mother's name. <laughs> so although the area of the woods that they were exploring was on the Hagley Hall estate, the boys braved being caught by the groundskeepers because they're willing to do just about anything to distract from the looming and ever closer German air raids. And due to the war, their food had been heavily rationed, which added willingness to trespass. And as the day slowly ran out, one of the boys, Bob Farmer, climbed to yeah, fake ass, climbed into a witch elm tree, hoping to find like any bird's nest that he could raid for eggs. Um, I wanted to point out here, Chelsea didn't like yeah. this. 
No, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was very harsh. Uh, if by harsh, you mean true. Could you imagine <laughs> being both starving and British? Because I need hell, everyone to My think hell about doesn't this. go that dark, Noel. I know it. When, when they were writing about, you know, fire and brimstone, all they really needed to talk about was British food. Because even not in wartime, when food is being rationed, the British willingly and happily eat jellied eels. Gross. Blood pudding. Gross. And mushy peas. Also gross. Um, um, that's baby food. Mushy that, peas is baby food. It literally looks like baby vomit, actually. Yeah. And I feel like looking for birds' eggs in the middle of a world war while trespassing is probably the best option, even when times are yeah. good. And, like, on an estate in the middle of the woods, it's not like you're going into somebody's chicken farm and stealing eggs straight from the coop, you know? This yeah. is, like, more of a victimless crime, unless you're a bird. Yeah. So, old Bob Farmer, fake name, looked down into the hollow of the trunk and saw white. So, naturally, he was very excited because he thought he was looking down on a nest full of bird eggs. So, he reached down into the trunk and tried to pull it loose. And he did have to strong arm it a little bit, but he got a good grip on what he thought was the egg, put his chest into it, and pulled out a perfectly intact human skull so i could see how anyone else would be a little bummed about finding a human skull but i personally think it would be kind of cool like a uh you know a mystery for me to solve since i'm a child in the 40s and this seems better than crafting bullets in a sweatshop <laughs> chiseling wooden bullets yeah. <laughs> that's what british people do in world yeah War II. they, they made the children go into tiny little crevasses and do war things yeah. um <laughs> they had to push a hoop down the hill with a stick to keep, <laughs> keep out of trouble. that was for fun yeah, for, um, yeah. also as someone who is always on the hunt for animal bones out in the wild, there is a distinct white to the sun-bleached bones that is, like, unmistakable. Yeah, I could feel you if I was hunting for animal bones, but I feel like my stress level during World War II is a kid who <laughs> could just about be fucking drafted. Because when we say kids, there's, like, 17 was the youngest one in the group. They were teenagers, uh, children still Chelsea. children still but old enough to be drafted bitch um they were old I enough stress. to do whatever they were like we need you to go run this bomb like it didn't matter yeah, i know that the the tier of stress where my food was rationed i was getting bombed every fucking day my You're only british. reprieve yeah i'm <laughs> british and i'm hungry all i want is a fucking egg and i pull out a human skull i think that's a straw that breaks the camel's back for me personally, where I'm like, God damn it! Now I have to deal with this. Like now, now I have to call the cops. It's, it's like Do that they even tweet? answer anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like that tweet that Kanye did, where he's like, I hate finding a water bottle in an airplane because, like, now I got to be responsible for this water bottle. He tweeted that, and I, that's the same. I feel like as a teenage boy in World War II, war torn England, you are that Kanye tweet, and now you've got a fucking water bottle that you have to take care of. But in this case, it's a human skull. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this happened. For a brief moment of bliss, he did pull a Noel and thought it was a cool animal skull, but there were long patches of hair still stuck to the bone, and more importantly, a mouthful of 
perfectly protruding human teeth. That'll do it. Um, and Bob would later describe that. Should I do this in a British accent? I don't know if I Please, can. Please, I'm begging. <laughs> there was a small patch of rotten flesh on the forehead with lank hair attached to it. The two front teeth were crooked. And I that would was- know they were crooked because I'm British. That's exactly how I feel. Because I'm like, that last comment is yeah, okay, a bit pot. unnecessary. And I don't care if that's a, a wide-sweeping generalization against the British that they have proved is not true as often as Americans are like, we're not all overweight. We are! Crooked teeth! Just like British. they got crooked teeth. They don't... I can't do dentist. I don't know how to say that in a British accent. They don't, ass- go to, they don't go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> dentist! That's how you're also, saying it. like, these are the distinguishing features that, like, police and investigators will use when trying to identify de- b- 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 identify the body. And it's like, crooked teeth. Okay, yeah. so, like, 99% of the population. <laughs> like, thanks so much, Austin Powers. <laughs> Can I get it over here? Um, <laughs> this somebody- has helped narrow down the search by yeah. 0.2%. Is somebody who grew up? And went into adulthood with, like, very crooked teeth. Like, it looked like I had a firecracker in my mouth and it had exploded. This would hurt my fucking feelings. Just don't bring up my crooked-ass teeth after I die. Or my crooked fucking jaw. As somebody who has been a victim to both, currently have a crooked jaw, mm-hmm. this would hurt my fucking feelings. You just let me be dead in peace then. And don't even <laughs> worry about it. If you're going to be mean to me, just let them get away with the fucking crime. <laughs> She had some crooked ass teeth to match her crooked ass jaw. Bitch was busted. I know she was dead, but she was busted too. Hurts my feelings. Um, So I feel bad so far. Um, But along with the skull, they also found a bottle and a pair of women's shoes. And they gathered everything up and ran the evidence to one of their older brothers, who was probably also sick of all the World War II bullshit going on. That he was more concerned that they had been trespassing on the Lord Cobham's estate. Um, And for the uneducated Americans, such as myself, Lord Cobham is a title, not a person. Like, that's not someone's name. It's similar to something like a duke. Um, So it's a title that was first established in 1718. So this brother was privy to the politics of what the political elite can do. And he was like, you dudes just need to return it. And shut the fuck up about it. And that's what they did at first. Um, They swore to secrecy. Very like, lean on me. Stand by me. I'm thinking stand stand by me. Yeah. It's stand by me. Lean on me is a song. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great (laughs) song. Um, So they did swear to secrecy. But one of the boys, 17-year-old Tom Willits, decided that he feared the moral consequences of like, leaving a dead woman's body in a tree. More than he feared like, any political fallout from Lord Cobham. So he broke down and told his parents what he and his friends had found in Hagley Woods. And his parents, horrified, notified the police. Um, Just quick, not a spoiler, they did not experience political fallout. It was fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the cops quickly arrived on scene. And for some reason, that was like the first weird thing that stood out to me in this episode was like, Cops worked like a nine to five during World War II. Like I don't know how yeah, the infrastructure you, you of hierarchy know that, works. That cops are just dudes who tried to get into the military but were rejected because they didn't have a fast enough mile or couldn't do a push up. 
I feel like World War II is going to fucking take anybody, man. But it's true. That I don't is know. true. I was so surprised. It's not one of those things that you don't think about. Like, of course the police would be there because we were in a war with Afghanistan for, like, more than half of my living existence. And we still had cops. But, like, it wasn't like we were being bombed. Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine being actively bombed, like, every single day and then having to call the cops because, like, your car window got busted out by one of the heroin addicts? Like... <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like, like they're not answering those calls. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, okay. Also, like, I will agree with you. Like, someone being, like, in the middle of world, a world war where like, you're I want to report a murder. Yeah, like, they're like, well, yeah. look around, bitch. There's dead bodies <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. yeah, there's murders happening all over. They're like, we're all fucking dying. Yeah, so I was just very surprised. I was you're like, right. Oh, you are right oh. about that. Yeah, so that was actually the most surprising thing to me so far. Um, but they did arrive on the scene, and the evidence that they found um, is interesting. So the witch elm was hollow. Also, witch elm, W-Y-C-H, it is a tree, and it was about five to six feet tall. Mm-hmm. It was like most, it looked like a giant shrub bush that had lost all of its leaves. Mm. Um, very witchy looking, like W-I-T-C-H-Y. It was a witchy witch elm. Yeah, it is spooky. Um, And tucked neatly inside of it was an almost completely intact female body, albeit one hand was missing. But the hand was found a short distance away. And they think this was due to wildlife, nothing nefarious. But we will go into that. Um, But considering that the body still had jewelry on it, police were led to believe that robbery was not a motivating factor. But a chunk of taffeta, which was made from fancy silk um, had been shoved into her mouth leading to a pathologist to believe that she died from suffocation and he estimated that she had been dead for about 18 months the pathologist also said that her bones had no signs of disease and there were no injuries to suggest violence she did have like a weird irregular shaped jaw i yeah call out um, which should have yeah which should have made her very easy to identify she was five feet tall, had light brown hair, and would have last been seen wearing a dark striped blue and dark yellow or like mustard color knitted wool cardigan and a dark yellow skirt. She had a five and a half sized foot and was wearing blue shoes um, and was what described as a gold wedding band. And being a Law & Order SVU aficionado, I mm. feel like this is enough evidence to go off of, but you would be wrong because despite everything they had discovered, the police could not find one single lead to the woman in the tree. They put together pamphlets to hand out to locals, and this illustrated the different notable features about the body, but they got nothing. Um, they decided to try their luck with a medical examiner. So they compiled all their evidence and sent it to a forensic team to see if they could come up with some leads. I will say before we get into this, I 
I recently watched um, the Times Square Killer or the tor- Torso Murders on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, super interesting. Everyone should watch it. One of the biggest things I learned, not just about this serial killer, but um, also that back in the day, like in the 60s and 70s, Times Square used to be a red light district and is Ooh. nothing even remotely close to what we see it as now. The reason why it is the tourist trap that it is now is because it got so violent and crazy and illegal that it was either demolish it or do a complete 180 on it which they did and that is what the Times square is today but back in the day um in the 60s and 70s when this murder was happening it was a red light district corners full of sex workers and pimps it went from being able to look at pornographic images to watching pornographic films to full-blown live sex acts and sex Mm -hmm. in the range and variety which also brought in um violence and abuse and all that craziness um which so yeah go watch it it's interesting but i say this because the they were able to figure out one of the two first jane does because they put the clothes found at the crime scene on dressed or mannequins and put them on pamphlets and flyers. And from the clothing alone, they were able to get one identifier, like one person to accurately identify one of the women. Yeah. And it's just like this description, not only did they have like her clothes, like, materials colors patterns from her shirt skirt belt and shoes they also had her height Mm -hmm. shoe size hair color um distinguishing features it's just it's so crazy to me that not a single person came forward if i had to describe you missing right now i would probably give the same amount of information you know, I'd be like, this is a distinguishing feature. She has like this blonde patch here. And then like the, these are the clothes she was wearing. She was this high and she had big ass clown feet. <laughs> and they, you know what I mean? Like that's all you can yeah. give. And yeah. that's how so many, it just, it blows my mind how much evidence they had. Um, so one of the medical examiners that like the primary one with the forensic team was a man named Professor James Webster. And he examined the evidence and ran various tests on the body and was able to come up with more definitive answers about the woman. Um, He estimated that she was probably around 35 years old and likely died in October 1941. He confirmed that the cause of her death was indeed the piece of taffeta that was shoved into her mouth, which caused her suffocation. Um, He had also determined that she had been put into the hollow trunk of the tree before rigor mortis, so just shortly after she was killed, before her body stiffened up. And he insisted that this meant she would have had to have been killed nearby and then was quickly stuffed into the tree. Some people did try to dismiss it as murder for one reason or another, but he quickly dismissed the notion and was even quoted as saying, I cannot imagine a woman accidentally slipping in there. And neither do I think it is reasonable for a woman to crawl into that place to commit suicide. Yeah, if you look at the picture of the witch elm, it it's... First of all, very spooky looking, but it's not like 
you wouldn't think I'm going to go climb in there. Like, I'm going to go no. climb that. I, I, if I was a murderer, I would definitely look like this looks like such a menacing and tough to get into and like get into the thick of type of tree that if I was trying to hide evidence and I'm not even thinking yeah. a body, I'm thinking like maybe a bloody cloth or something. I'm going to try to shove it in the middle of there. Cause like there's, it just is so yeah. not inviting or easily accessible. So for anyone yeah. to be like, Oh, she just killed herself in there. Like what? Are you also like, how? yeah. What a weird spot to like also kill yourself. Like in somebody's woods on an estate, like, um, it's, it's not in. private. No, it's yeah. so weird. And to be tucked into in a way that I'm sure the body was scratched up, but if there would have been any, like the, any damage to the body would have been postmortem because the, even the medical examiner was like, she was stuffed in there. So if she yeah. had crawled in to commit suicide, there would have been some damage to her body that would have happened while she was still alive. Yeah. And he did put together dental records, which, uh, obviously, World War II had hundreds of thousands of missing women's reports, um, but the police did did actually try to keep the case open, and they contacted every single dentist in the area with the dental records from Professor Webster, but no luck. Yeah, they, and they actually, besides her crooked-ass jaw and her crooked-ass teeth, she actually was missing a tooth, and the pathologist was able to say, like, based off of like the evidence he found that tooth would have been pulled like within like a month before her yeah. death. She, she was, and she, that would have mean that that would also mean that she was affluent enough to at least get like medical care Yeah, for dentistry. Like most dentistry is a, is a luxury that not even like people with health insurance can afford sometimes. Yeah. So, I can barely afford it. And I have yeah. dental insurance. I just suffer in silence. Um, so, they did come like comb through missing person reports, trying to find mention of a woman with a weird jaw or crooked teeth, and were unable to find any matches. And according to CrimeReads.com, they even traced her shoes back to the Waterfoot Company in a town only 11 miles away from the Witch Elm, and they were able to find the owners of every single pair of shoes that were sold, except for six people. Like they got it so fucking close and never found, like never could actively definitively determine who this person is. It's was. so crazy. So some time did pass and no leads came forth and World War II seemed to be unending and the police eventually just had to devote their time elsewhere. And it wasn't until 1944 until this case began to get some traction again. So in Upper Dean Street in Birmingham, which is just a town next to Stour Bridge and they share Hagley Road. It runs like right between the two of them and it connects them. Someone used white chalk uh, to graffiti on a wall which read who put oh did you change my quote yeah there's two different ones i yeah. edited this for who, you you did who put lubella down the witch elm well the first um, one was who put bella down the witch elm comma hagley yeah. wood and invest i'll let you read that because it's your note <laughs> I'll just take it all. <laughs> Investigators said it was too high up to be kids, and I said, I don't no. buy that. You're telling just me ladders sit on my shoulders, fools. Kids were acrobats yeah. back then. Straight up. After this report, another report came in from a house on Hayden Hill Road that had been graffitied with white chalk in the same handwriting. And this said, Who mm. put Lou Bella down the witch elm? Both of these instances happened barely a year after the discovery of the body. Thank you for editing my mistake. 
Um, and now this was the first time the witch elm victim was ever given a name, which um, everybody would just start to call her Bella. And it was sometimes it would be like, you know, who put Bella down the witch elm, the who put LaBella down the witch elm, or just sometimes it would just literally say Hagleywood Bella. And the graffiti definitely ignited more rumors about Bella where some people started to claim like, oh, she was a rape victim, to she was a sex worker, to even she was a spy. I have a fun ad for you here. In 1953, nine years after the first graffiti message, they caught their culprit. And this is to also say that like this graffiti would pop up around these towns, these mm -hmm. randomly, whenever. The county superintendent stated, quote, it was the work of a crank. Oh, I should try to do a British accent. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Just do it your was the work of a crank who we are satisfied knew nothing and had <laughs> don't laugh. I can't do what you laugh. Nothing to do with the case, so it seems that Bella wasn't even Bella after all. <laughs> Why do you put your hand up like you wrap it or like you're like got a flow going and you're like, oh, bitch. Like, well, I tried like, to like make it sound thing. like a shitty, like British yeah. investigator. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I buy that because we'll talk about the, a little bit more of the graffiti, but there is so much graffiti in so many different regions. I don't think it could just be one person. I think it could. And I think that it was um, like a, like a lore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like here, even in our little salt lake city cemetery we have like lore of lily victim of the beast or like the emo's grave and people do that graffiti everywhere mm -hmm. it's like it just keeping like keeping a meme the, yeah the like yeah. folklore alive i absolutely believe it like for sure mm -hmm. well i mean they did the lord's work they got him to open the case again i guess um but there had been some speculation that bella was a sex worker which people are like, yeah, she had a wedding ring on. So even if she was a sex worker, she would have been local. Somebody probably would have come forward. Mm -hmm. Or even a barmaid uh, murdered by an American. But at the same time, like barmaid, people would notice if like a local person went missing. Mm -hmm. And she would have been recognized or identified right away. Especially after such exhaustive police involvement. So we're not going to go into those theories so much. But we are going to dive into two main theories about who Bella was that we believe explain the demise of the mysterious woman. This one, I think, Noel, I think there's one, a theory for me and a theory for you. And I think this is the theory for you. I think this is right up your alley. So one of the first theories to come out was that Bella was either being punished as an outcast gypsy woman or was the victim of black magic. Again, from crimereads.com, anthropologist, thank you. Um, anthropologist Professor Margaret Murray was drawn in particular to Bella's severed hand and what that implied. She noticed several similarities to what is called a Hand of Glory occult ceremony. And Hands of Glory are pretty prominent in pop culture, and they even have places in museums. So depending on which ritual you want to dive into, um, there's different uses you could have for a Hand of Glory. One rumor is that they can unlock any door one grants its master five wishes, like one for every finger it puts down, or that it allows the master, particularly like a witch, to have direct contact to the devil. 
Um, Murray also stated that there were still isolated parts of Britain that participated in human sacrifice type witchcraft. So this might not be <clears throat> too crazy of a theory. And I wanted to like point this out because this it's so easy to fall down like the slippery slope yeah, like of like the Satanism. Yeah, type it was the Satan worshippers, passion. but like yeah. you know, Metallica wasn't playing. There were actually, and when they say human sacrifice type witchcraft, I wouldn't necessarily say witchcraft, and I would more say like mm, I don't know, blood ritual paganism, um, because no. the groups that she's talking about are the groups that would. It, you know, like blood in, blood out. Yeah. They would do that for um, the earth. So her body being found on a farm within a tree would potentially be like tied into a ritual of like, mm-hmm. we have taken from the earth in our farming and to give back and provide like plentiful harvest, we must put into it, putting into it being the blood of um, a sacrifice. Yeah, so. dude, it's just like the Wicker Man. There is yeah. a hand of glory in the original Wicker Man. Or mm-hmm. my favorite was in the Simpsons episode where I had the monkey paw. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought of immediately. But to go further into like the human sacrifice type witchcraft, Professor Murray even noted another murder of a man named Charles Watton who was pinned to the ground with his own pitchfork, which seemed to be part of another ritual, which occurred in a nearby village of Lower Quinton. And she then pointed out some of the prevalence of the deadly plant Nightshade, which grew in Hagley Woods. And what's fun is another name for Nightshade, Belladonna. Belladonna. Um, And so finally, Professor Murray pointed out the most significant aspect of Bella's murder, and that is the burial itself. Being that she was entombed inside of a tree instead of buried represents like super high ritual. It's not someone trying to hide a body. Mm -hmm. Um, She maintained that Bella was absolutely the victim of ritualistic murder. And whether it was like pagan ceremony of returning back to the earth, if she was willing um, or she was an enemy of a coven or even in a wrong place at the wrong time, it's still a mystery to this day. Her hand being removed, the anthropologist does say that that is absolutely ritualistic. Naysayers want to say her hand was simply removed by animals. I doubt that only because anthropologists have a higher rank, in my opinion, than people who, as people who examine bodies and examine ritual at the same time. Yeah. There's actually um, a BBC movie, cult movie. Um, ritual movie it's called Robin Redbreast and it's um, Robin Redbreast is a man raised in this village community that practices these types of rituals and occult practices if you will and he is um, basically like raised to be a sacrifice mm-hmm. and like you know he lives his life normal whatever seemingly normal does his daily duties and has relationships until he knows that he has to be sacrificed and to say that like i don't know there's these stories come out of reality and there are definitely like societies or occult groups that do essentially raise you know lambs for slaughter but they're Mm -hmm. actually people so to say that like she wasn't a part of a group who believed in these types of ritualistic ceremonies where um being killed being sacrificed 
for the betterment of the community and the well-being mm-hmm. was like the highest honor. And yeah. because of that, no one would report her missing. No one would confess to anything. No one would even mention her name um, because she was born to do this. Like, it sounds crazy, but also like sometimes crazy is rooted in reality. We just watched a British psychological horror movie from 2011 called Kill List. Killist is so fucking good. Um, yeah, Oliver and I just watched it. And that Love has it. like a very similar thing because it's like a hitman goes up against a cult essentially. And some of them are like, oh, thank you. When he goes to kill him and it's like mm-hmm. part of the ritual, like they're fucking grateful to be part of the ritual, you know? And it's like, even with hereditary and like payment, like some of these people are like, oh, I'm so ready. Like mm-hmm. you're raised, like you're literally born to like be a body, like, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not too far off. This doesn't seem... This really doesn't seem weird to me at all. Um, I think it is definitely possible. And I think there probably was a lot of desperation in ritual at the time. For sure. Um, So that's kind of the funsy one for Noel. I also think it's fun, but I do think this theory was made just for me. Um, That other theory is that Bella was a spy. So in 1953, a newspaper called the Wolverhampton Express and Star received a letter from someone who called themselves Anna of Claverly. Why did British people come up with these like random names, like yeah. the Bridger- Lady Bridgerton or whatever? Um, and Name then, like, of something. Yeah, it's very British. Um, so Anna provided information that Bella was a member of a spy ring whose primary focus was to find the locations of munition factories so that the Germans could target them, target them during the Birmingham Blitz and cut off supplies to British soldiers. And although she did try to stay anonymous, Anna of Claverly was later identified as a woman named Una Mosop. As she would be. (laughs) What a name. Um, Una's husband was a Royal Air Force pilot who one night confessed to picking up a woman with another man only referred to as Van Walt. The two men were investigating mentions of the spy ring when they came across Bella. And there are two rumors here which come into play to um, Mossop, Van Rall, and Bella. One is that they picked her up off the street to give her a ride. And the other is that they met her drinking at a bar. In one version, the men strangle her to death in the back of the car because they think Mm. she's a spy. In the other version, she drank too much and passed out. So they thought it would be funny to shove her into a tree as a joke. So that when she woke up, she'd be like, oh, I'm in this tray. Um, British have weird humor, I will say. It's never funny. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is an itchy sweater. And I'm comfortable. I don't know. I'm sorry. Exactly, dude. That's literally (laughs) Yeah, that's it. The only thing I can think of right now is that the British like itchy sweaters. Or is that the Irish? I I think they all all do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's less likely that... I, I doubt that they were just having fun and put her into a tree as a joke. What I think and what we all know to be true is that the night got out of hand and they murdered the woman by accident or by design. It doesn't matter. She ended up dead. And Mossop fucking panicked, tried to dis- and got rid of the body and then tried to dismiss what he had done to his wife. By either first insisting that she was a spy and had to die or by being like, no, we were drunken. It was an accident. I'm sure he spun her a fucking story. Mm-hmm. And either way, Jack Mossop, I feel like I'm saying that different anytime, every time. It's okay. He's British it's and guilty. Yeah. 
So either way, Jack Mossop just uh, suffered a mental breakdown from repeated nightmares and ultimately died in St. George's Hospital before Bella's body was even discovered. 18 months he went from a Royal Air Force pilot to dead by nightmares. Um, hey, you could die by nightmares. This guy did. Wow. So, and the true identity out here. I know, right? He got his ass. Um, and the true identity of Von Ralt was never discovered. And this theory really didn't carry much weight at first because just the stress of the war, a lot of people did have mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a pilot. He served during World War II. They were getting like the Birmingham Blitz infamously bombed him like almost every day. But I digress. Man died with a lot of guilt. And that's not where it ends. This is where it gets really interesting because it was only a few decades ago that the MI5 decided. Which is basically British's FBI slash CIA. Yeah, super fun. Like for context, James Bond is MI6, which just means that he does foreign intelligence. MI5 is just domestic intelligence. So the like local James Bonds um, is what the MI5 is. Um, and they just recently started to declassify some of their World War II documents. And this is where we got It took them like, this long to yeah. edit with a whiteout pen what yeah. they just wanted them to see. Um, and it's fun, too, because we've done a couple of episodes about some of these declassified documents. Um, and one of these files talks about a German spy named Joseph Jacobs, who in 1941 was captured in Cambridgeshire. And in his pocket was a photograph of a famous German actress and cabaret singer named Clara Barl. That that has to be right. There are too many vowels in her last name. <laughs> um, during this interrogation with British intelligence, Joseph revealed that Clara was his lover, who had also been a spy, who was recruited by the Third Reich. I'm going to say, you look at that picture and you're like, yeah, that's a Nazi yeah. bitch. Yeah, she looks like she's... She's giving very she's Eva She's got Braun. it down. Yeah, she's got it down hard for yeah. mortifying levels of racism. Um, and he admitted that even though he was the only one found, because he had a broken ankle, he fucked up his leg. Um, he admitted that he wasn't alone when he was parachuting into Cambridgeshire. He said that he and Clara were supposed to land in the same spot, but were ultimately separated during freefall. And one of the most interesting physical attributes of Clara is her yeah. off-centered jaw and her crooked smile. Yeah. Yep. And ultimately, whoever put Bella in the witch elm, it's still a cold case that has not been solved. The last update took place in November of 2020, where new technology was used to utilize, or new, new technology scanned the skull and put together a rendering of what Bella really looked like. And I will say that if you squint your eyes, it, you can com- kind of compare it to Clara's picture. Um, I thought it looked more like me, which kind of fucked me up. I'm like, oh, thanks. I look like a corpse, corpse girl. Um, <laughs> you do not look like that, bro. Your body is more for you jumping the fuck out. Um, but although the teeth and similarities are striking on paper, I will say that the picture of Clara and then the rendition of Bella don't look too similar, but there's enough there. Uh, No, dude, that scan got this girl looking busted. Uh, That girl's busted. She looks looks like a Neanderthal almost. You know, they're like, this is what people looked like 40 million years ago. Yeah. Peace and love to her. She definitely does. Um, the eyes all wonky, everything's yeah. wonky. 
It looks like those AI images where it's like you describe it and they just like patch together human features. Yeah. It looks like rudimentary Photoshop. It is um, fucking rough, dude. So- it's looking like her family <laughs> line was more like a circle. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Peace so- and love to her, though. We don't have any clear story about Bella's mystery. Like, all we can really ask is who did put Bella in the witch elm? I think it's cool. Either way, if she was ritualistically murdered or a fucking spy that the people or, like, military intelligence just had it up to fucking here and made her pay for the crimes of what the Germans were doing. um, You can't. Dude, you cooking bacon, you're going to get splattered with grease. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I will agree. I'm good with either either option. It's If fun. it's those options. Yeah, if it's uh, – uh, she's not like yeah. some poor, like, yeah. sad I don't want woman. her to be a victim. No, no, no. She has to be – she has to be a willing victim or, yeah. uh, or a villain. Those are the only two. Or options. a German or fucking, fucking Third Reich. Reich. Yeah. Nazi boot knocking bitch from World War Two. Yeah, then she get get your ass wrecked. in the tree. Yeah, yeah. Shove her in the tree. Yeah. So you fucked yeah, around and you found out, Bella. Yeah. If you didn't though, that really sucks. Yeah. If I you did, though, sorry. R.I.P. R.I.P. But if you did, but if you did, bitch, fuck you. Fuck you. Oh. He's eleven. You did it. That sucks. Might be. Well, you know. Either way. This, um, we're not normally super into true crime stuff, but we did this specifically because we finally brought it, the It's Never a Mannequin shirt into fruition. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to do an episode to kind of go along with that going up on our Teespring. Yeah, it's true. We also have another episode inspired by our was paywall patreon now get to the world episode <laughs> yeah so if you want to check out the it's never a mannequin shirt or any of our other merch and upcoming merch you can find the link to our teespring in any of our bios on any of the social media sites that link tree there will take you to buy merch buy some merch that kelly Holleran made or wildwood owl on etsy you could get stickers pins or the super sweet bandana from there you can also find our private discord server our private facebook group how to follow and listen to us on everything and most importantly the link to our patreon where we put out new episodes every week a dollar gets you in you sign an nda don't tell our secrets it's a good time Oh, and I'm at Noel Fane. That's at Sithlard. We are at Go to Hell Podcast on everything. And um, now, most importantly than ever, I want to say Hail Satan. Hail the Witch Elm, which has since died. Well, that's yeah. probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it harbored a terrible secret. Yeah, no. You could take it down. <laughs>